Welcome to Rich Conversations. This is another edition of a segment that we call Rich Answers, where I answer questions from past podcast guests, things that they want to know about me or just my thoughts on things about the world and life and issues, whatever it may be. So today's are very special. These these might be the best questions that we've had asked, and we've had some great ones. Today, our questions are coming from Manuel Novicio. He's a marine biologist. He's from Cordoba, Argentina. However, he lives in Antarctica for like three months out of the year uh, studying Antarctic fish. We had such a blast recording and like getting to know each other great human being i i love this he provided some excellent questions thank you for that it's an episode 208 and uh why don't we get into these questions so the first one he asks this is a deep one this is very uh kind of meta in a way when did rich appear in this world parentheses not when you were born when do you think you started being yourself That is a fantastic question. And I would say, uh, I was 13 years old. I, this is the summer of 2002. So I'd finished seventh grade. I'm going into eighth grade and the way in the United States and in Southeast Wisconsin, I was at this grade school called Raymond Elementary. And, you know, eighth grade is our last year together as, you know, a small community. And then we go into the high school with all these other feeder elementary schools, right? And then you become one, like a bigger one. And I think to myself, like in seventh grade, I hung out with some, you know, some eighth graders. I think I tried to be like too cool. And I think I compromised some of my like integrity in a way of my values and things like that. And now that I'll be in eighth grade, I'm on top, you know, so I can do whatever I want. Uh, being the, the oldest kids in the school and my perspective going into that, that eighth grade year was I just want this to be the best year possible for everybody. You know, I want to treat everybody. I just want to have fun with everybody and just enjoy this last moment that we have together. And that summer, I listened to the Beatles a lot. I had the, the like, Blue Album, the greatest hits. Uh, that's, like, 67 to 70. Now, I had been listening to the Beatles before. There's, like, this on radio stations, the oldie stations that my mom would play on our way back from like church on Sunday mornings, they had this Beatles brunch and they would just play different Beatles songs. I especially like the early ones with all just like the energy and rock and roll. I love that. Um, but I would say the seventh grade one, this was a gift to me. The CD is like two CDs of some of their hits in their later years. And those years are more contemplative. They're about, love kind of in a deeper way and that influenced me a lot that influenced me a lot and uh i just i love the beatles and the message and just kind of um 
them kind of using art as kind of this like vehicle of love in the world it's like this comet that came down and um, it's like a magical time in a way in human history and I we've talked about the Beatles <laughs> during our show or afterwards I don't know when it was but it, it was highly influential on me and I think so just being backed by the confidence of that like the Beatles are talking about these higher values and these these concepts but they were the greatest band ever so it provides me the confidence to also act in these ways going into the new year with friends and classmates and community and that was like one of the best years of my life I participated in everything you know whether it be because I was always into sports but you know I would I did a musical so I played Tom Sawyer and Tom Sawyer. I had never done any of that stuff. You just get involved and just give yourself and be present and be with each other. Um, that was when I, and I, my grades went up a lot. I took like study, not necessarily studying, but grades more seriously and just learning. That was so much fun. And I think that's when I kind of became myself. And so whenever I reflect back on life I view that as as certainly probably certainly probably uh, (laughs) one of those moments those pivotal moments in your life and you become who you are or you develop that basic framework of who you are and who you're going to be and uh, how you'll live your life so that's question one Question two, Manuel says, I've booked a rocket ticket to Mars for you. Its departure is tomorrow, midday. Will you be on board? Why or why not? Well, I'm glad you book it because I I will be there. I will go to Mars. And... uh, Why... Why not? <laughs> I want to go. I want to explore outer space. I think that's kind of the frontier. The like where humans we want to explore. We're curious animals, curious creatures, and that has always kind of pushed us um, in our ambitions and pursuits to see planet Earth from afar. I, I mean, I already feel this way. It's like we're all, we're all just one. We're all just here on the same planet. Like, gosh, all of our... Uh, I think people focus on our differences more than our similarities. And if you look at our similarities, I mean, it's just like we're all human beings. We experience all these same emotions. We just express them in different ways particular culturally and traditions and things like that that'd be a special moment Um, we don't have to get into like what do you call those the fine print 
I'm imagining, you know, like, I go there and I come back in a week. Uh, you know, if we're talking 10 years, like, 10 years or I don't know, it all depends. But, yeah, I think here's a good question to piggyback your question. Do you believe in your lifetime you will visit outer space, go into outer space? I think so. I think so. Now, whether it's Mars, like you asked in the question, um, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I think I probably will. It's pretty wild to think. That right now, we're in the park. We're recording this in Chicago. I'm in the park. And uh, this is coming, Lake Michigan's right there. So there's always planes that are going overhead, if you can hear them. But, um, yeah, I'll be on it. Midday? Yeah, I'll cancel my plans. It'd be very special. Okay, number three is a little bit more abstract. What does intuition do for you? How would you explain it? Uh, based on our personalities and our conversations, Manuel and I are both very intuitive people and I think to me that means like you experience something or you just you absorb information from your senses and you just know stuff you just know stuff um, it's like it's just within you, in a way. You know these like really fundamental things about things. <laughs> uh, someone once said, a friend of mine, Justina Wim, she's been on the, the pod before. Uh, like she mentions that like intuition is like a sixth sense. How do I use it? I can use it. All these things kind of blend together. I guess for me, I can use it going about everyday life. And you just go about your thing. And it's, it's like absorbing information and things that the world and people are telling you, whether verbally or non-verbally. And you can just like through that draw bigger picture ideas, conclusions, um, concepts. You can see the future. <laughs> so I use my intuition. Your question is, uh, what is, Yeah, what is intuition for you? Yeah, it's basically like a success that allows me to see the future. 
and navigate that future. And to explain it very plainly, you just know things. <laughs> you just know things. You know things. Intuition. Okay, four. Some would say money has ruined our world. Is there any other alternative way of thinking a globalized world without money? This is a very interesting question, especially knowing Manuel's experience living in Antarctica. Ooh, it's windy right now. So Manuel has lived in Antarctica months at a time. And what he's described to me is that you're on a base with people from all over the world and you leave your wallet at home. There's no money. <laughs> you just like barter for things and you get certain things and you live in harmony together. And what a interesting experience, fascinating to in a world that seems so caught up in money to live like that. And so this is a very, uh, very good question. Fair question. I think we have to determine like what is money, right? Money's not real. <laughs> Money's not real. It's made up. <laughs> so, but it's this shared story this shared thing that we've all agreed upon has value. And so with that value, we can exchange it for things of fair value in a sense. So is there an alternative way to live in a world without money? I think money is replaced by something else in a way. I think individually, one can live a, a life without money in a sense where you don't necessarily need it. Something I've been coming across recently is that people in America here, people, depends on what side of the aisle you're on or party or whatever. A lot of people, I live in Chicago, so it's quite blue. I hear a lot of people railing about the capitalist capitalism system uh, but I often find too that the individuals that that talk trash about capitalism these individuals seem to value money more than other things as an example like I do like I just did some videos for somebody like behind the scenes, like documentary stuff, like the whole day I got all these digital assets for some friends that are in a, a, a band that I love called Bone Lane. And then when I, when I come back, they're playing a, a show at a festival, music festival called Summerfest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And 
come back and tell people about this experience, it's like one of the first things they ask is, did they pay you to do it? Like, did you get paid to blah, blah, blah? It's like, no, I just did it because I, I love them. And like, I want, I want them, I want to see them realize their dreams. So I'll find ways that I can help them, you know, add value for them. And this goes with, like across the board, there's all these experiences I have where either I'm helping other people out for free or other people are helping me out for free. And that's to me, I prioritize having like a non-linear mind. I find that linear people, linear minded people are always thinking of money first. Money, money, money. And the human story is still going, right? And nothing is concrete, nothing is done, nothing is uh, certain. We've had uh, like communism. We saw it didn't work because it, it has fewer data points. I think it comes down to data points. Capitalism has more data points. I do feel that there are systems that we could embrace with more data points than capitalism. And that's what I'm keeping my eye on because um, right now in this capitalistic system, money, is, it comes down to certain things like currencies in a way. I'm not a like crypto trading, crypto bro or anything like that. But I think kind of the fundamental ideas behind it, there's a lot of validity to it where uh, we've had Shelby Thomas on our podcast a couple of times. She's a marine biologist in Florida. And as a scientist, she's embraced some of these uh, cryptocurrencies or, or like 21st century tools to better accomplish the mission she's trying to do and that's save the reef system in Florida. As a scientist and with organizations, you're always competing for grants and and money, right? To do what you need to do. But it breeds this culture and environment of competition rather than collaboration. So she's taken on some of these newer ideas and selling, creating like art installations as coral reefs with the materials. So restoring the coral reefs in Florida, she's creating art installations with the corals. And then you can sell like NFTs and experiences along with that to raise money. So now she's not as reliant on grants and donations and things like that. It's like a, I'm really excited for opportunities ahead using 21st century technologies and collaboration. And I think people have gotten so used to systems 
where you're protective of your own uh, value, money, right? That you're less likely to give it out, to help each other out. And so you're limited. If more people take on a non-linear mindset and philosophy, then I believe that the way we view money and use exchange value will look much different in the future, especially by the end of the 22nd century, if we can do these things in an appropriate, uh, thoughtful, collaborative way. So that's, that's what I kind of think about that stuff. Um, a lot of it comes down to like nonlinear versus linear thinking. And with a nonlinear mindset, there's no limits. We can do anything. We can do anything. So there's that question. We are now on question five. Have you got any strong belief that make your wills come true and you cannot explain. A little bit of a translation, you know, I mean, he's, Spanish is Manuel's first language. I need to improve my Spanish for sure. I think what he's saying there is like, do you have any like beliefs where stuff happens, like your will comes true and you can't explain it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, part of the reason why how do I explain this? I can see things happen before they happen. Like, no joke. And I have to be very careful about what I think and what I say because they come true. Either they come true or the complete opposite comes true. <laughs> So I have to be wary of the two um, and very intentional about like what I think, what I uh, say. I, a lot of my philosophy that I've applied in my own life is rooted in a philosophy that Phil Jackson coached uh, the Chicago Bulls and Los Angeles Lakers and ended up winning 11 championships instilling. Um, this was back in 2018. I started implementing, reading, and learning about uh, his philosophy and strategies and approach to accomplishing a shared goal. And I, I've been applying them for four years. About... like July 26, Tuesday, July 26, 2019. I had one of the best days of my life. I was working in a coffee shop in Wicker Park, Chicago. I was working on my third book, Primary Ponderings, and I was making art with it with a friend. I step outside and all of a sudden everything is so bright. And like everything is like in my face in a way. 
And it was like this dreamlike experience or state where everything was beautiful. The cracks in the sidewalk, the graffiti on street signs, the the bricks of the buildings, the architecture, the people, everybody's themselves. Everything is was something was happening. And it was the first time I got access to this other dimension. And in this other dimension, anything is possible. Anything you want, you can have, but you have to do certain things. Some days I don't get access to it. It's like seeing a thousand things at once. And I believe this is a result of the training that I've taken on with Phil Jackson where he's bringing in this like mindfulness and awareness to the players on his team where you can basically be on the court and we're both basketball fans. You're playing a game. You don't even need to run plays because you just read the defense and what they're doing and then you just react to it. So it's all about openness and being aware of everything that's going on around you. You're not filling your head with your own opinions or your own your own goals or what you're trying to do. You're just like open. And this is like processing information all around you. It's telling you something and you react to it. Uh, and they won 11 championships. And I was like, if Michael and Kobe could do this, I can do it too. So I've been doing it and it's like, you can see things before they happen and you can do anything you want. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, it's real. It's real, but it takes, what it takes, 99% of people in the world are unwilling to do it. But I've been doing it. I've been doing it for four years. Every day, you're practicing, you're training, you're working hard at it. And then the results just speak for themselves. So, yeah. It's real. It's real. Okay, this is the last question. Manuel, thanks again. Great questions. These are some of my favorite. Uh, yeah, we definitely like have like an intuitive vibe going between us. I appreciate it. Okay. If what we do always occurs in the past, like I am writing, what is the present for you? So if every, okay. If what we do always occurs in the past, what is the present to you? Well, right now I'm sitting against a tree next to Lake Michigan in the park. It's quite windy. And to me, just like, the present is kind of like this relationship you have with your soul. Where it's just like you and your soul in this moment being and you have infinite options 
of what you can do together right now. So it's kind of like this relationship, this agreement of it's almost like if you can divide the two, the soul and the like, I don't know, the brain or something. You have to think about your past and future at the same time, but your presence is kind of in charge. It determines the future. It determines your past. It's what you do in this moment and you decide. So you have to... You have to do what you need to do in this moment to create a past and future that you'll love and be grateful for and that provides meaning and fulfillment. And to again, to kind of aggregate what we've been discussing through these uh, answers It's like being aware of everything that's happening right now, absorbing the information, processing it, and that develops your intuition to know what you should be doing right now, right? It's a beautiful summer day. It's windy. It's quite windy. But this is good for me. I know that it's good for me. And this is what I've decided to do. So when this video is the past, it will be my present at the moment. And I think it's uh, important to develop kind of this cognitive ability and skills of kind of like weaving all these complicated complex abstract things all together in a way that you've determined will provide you a life of meaning fulfillment purpose and really with no regrets Right? I think that's the key is like to give yourself as much to the present in your life and also in a very reflective to also make decisions where eventually when it's all said and done you won't have any regrets. Manuel, thank you for those questions. These are fun. These are, these, I love these abstract questions. Um, we've had a great conversation. We gotta, we gotta chat again. It's been lovely. It's a lovely day. Lovely people. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching.
have a day filled with inspiration and living presently and with love. <laughs>